Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. You know, um, how do you know that you are near Bryan College Station? How do you all know that? It's because Vacation Bible School songs, when kids are moving around, sneakily look like sawing varsity's horns off. Oh, oh, quit. Y'all quit. Guys, that was great. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you, uh, leaders, for helping out. Um, We're going to be sharing this morning some of the three great truths that the Bible and Vacation Bible School teach you and me. Three great truths that we we learn from both. These are the same things that we talked about with your kids this week and how God wants you and me to serve him and then learn how to serve others. That's part of what God's plan is for you and me. When we come, listen, when we come to be a part of his family, it doesn't mean that we simply sit down and we occupy a pew and that's it. We begin to go ahead and have the opportunity as God gives us one after another after another chance to serve other folks in his name. We partner with God. And so that's what we're going to do this morning is learn these things very quickly. The three truths are, are pretty simple stuff. The Bible is our single source for knowing about God. Where do you get your information about God? There are many alleged holy books floating around. So what makes the Bible different from the Quran or the Bhagavad Gita or any of these other supposed holy books? Well, it has to do with who Jesus is. The Bible is the only one of these books that talks about God reaching down to man instead of man having to do something to reach up to God. That's what makes it different. And as the Bible tells you and me about God, God begins to go ahead and say to you and me the important three truths that we're going to look at this morning. And Vacation Bible School is usually the very first source for kids to learn about God. One to know a great thing about VBS? Watching kids learn about something that is bigger than themselves, bigger than Navasota, and watching the light bulbs go off in their heads, seeing them learn about God and search for Him and then take their first steps towards Him. Now one of the interesting things that happened this week is as I was able to share and Joe was able to share the gospel with folks, you could see some of them all of a sudden look and go, wait a minute, that's what church is supposed to be about. Not about going ahead and taking up an offering or sitting in a pew. Church is supposed to be about God and focusing on Him. When you see that happen in young lives, it's something that you and I need to recapture in our lives as well. Vacation Bible School is that first source. Let me ask you this. Think with me this one thing. What did you learn? What did you learn in Vacation Bible School? What did you learn about God in Vacation Bible School? Now, some of you have to think way, 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 way back. But some of us, it's been fairly recent. Think about one thing you learned about God. I can remember going to Covenant Presbyterian Church in Farmers Branch, Texas, to Vacation Bible School, and we had one lady, Eileen Teeman, 
who would sit in there and she would just, tears would be in her eyes and she'd say, you know, you need to know this, boys and girls. Jesus loves you. He loves you. And then she would go on with the Bible story that illustrated that very fact. We're going to share in a scripture this morning, very quickly, the three things that the Bible teaches about God and that we got to go over with your kids this week at Vacation Bible School. I'm going to invite you to stand together for the reading of God's Word. And as we do, I'm going to invite you to read with me. Let's read this. You see, at the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we are sinners, Christ died for us. God bless you. Please be seated. The first great truth. God loves you no matter what. God loves you no matter what. This is the first lesson that echoes from Genesis to Maps. God loves you completely and He isn't holding back His love conditionally. Conditional love is the kind of love that says, I will love you if, if you do this, if you act this way, if you will attend this service, if, if, if. God doesn't put any ifs in His love. He says He simply loves you. It's unconditional. It's not warranted. And He loves you no matter what. God loves you, folks. Listen to me. Right where you are this morning, right the way you are. He doesn't say for you to clean up your act. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that you don't have to be better on your own. You don't have to go ahead and act religious. You don't even have to turn over a new leaf. Twice there are stories in the Bible that Jesus told about people that came and that said, we want to know about God. One of them was a fellow by the name of the, we know as the rich young ruler. You remember that story? Here is this guy who has everything. While other people were worrying about what they're going to eat, this guy had enough to eat. And as a matter of fact, when he came into a, into a room, people would get out of the way in deference for him because he was powerful because of what he had. The Bible says he came to Jesus and he said, what must I do in order to go ahead and be right with God? What do I have to do? What is? How much is this going to cost me for me to be right with God? And Jesus simply said this, sell everything you've got and then follow me. Now guys, this is a question. If you answer this correctly, we get out earlier, okay? If you don't, we go into an entire Bible study about this, all right? Are you ready, okay? We're talking 10 minutes at least. How many disciples were there? They got it right. Adults, anybody under, over the age of 15, answer. How many disciples were there? Good. We cut the sermon down. There were 12. This is the guy that was offered the opportunity to be the 13th disciple. That's how serious this was. And so what happens with him? He hears Jesus say, get rid of everything that you based your life on and follow me. And the Bible says he turned away in great sorrow because he was a rich man and didn't want to give it up. 
Guys, let me share with you. When Jesus spoke these words and said, I love you and I love you absolutely and there's no way you can undo my love and you can't buy my love, you can't try to be better, you can't be religious, you can't do any of these things. He talked about a fellow like the rich young ruler. But he talked about another fellow one time. This guy was the most hated man in the entire community. He was a tax collector. Now the Romans ended up having a tax on everything that the Jews did. And then these tax collectors would put an above surcharge on them and basically say, this is how I'm making my cut of what you're giving to the government. So they'd get, your taxes were 33%. And he'd take an extra 10%. They were hated. And the Bible says there was a tax collector once that was standing there. And there was this rich religious person who was in there saying, I give 10% of everything I make to God and His work. I do all the right things. I pray many times a day. I go to worship service. I wear my fine clothes. I look like a good church person. I look like a good Baptist. And the Bible says there was this other guy, this tax collector, who's huddled over away from everybody going, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on my soul. And Jesus asked the disciples and those gathered around, He said, which one of these do you think God really listens to well which one do you think God listens to God wants us to have what's called a penitent heart a heart that means he can speak to it and we will listen and we will do it God loves you that much no matter what which one of those two folks the rich young ruler or that tax collector is more like you this morning the second great truth God loves you no matter what, but you and I have made mistakes in our lives. You and I have made mistakes in our lives. In that verse, verses that we shared in Romans, Paul writes and he says, look, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He didn't wait for us to clean our act up. The second great truth is that you and I have sinned and made mistakes on a life-altering and grand scale. And the Bible calls these mistakes sin. That's what sin is. It is a mistake that we make in front of God. And look, the mistake can be chosen, I choose to make this mistake, or it can be I didn't know any better and I made the mistake. That sin in your life and mine is life-altering. It is a curse on each one of us that we carry. It haunts us. It has power over us in, a way, in the way that we live our lives. And it will separate, ultimately, you and me from God for eternity if it's left unchallenged and unresolved. That's sin. It can't be cured or paid for by anything but your life. Let me, let me ask you a question this morning. All right. Do not answer this out loud, okay? There will be a riot. How much cash do you have in your wallet or purse right now? Come up with the number. Don't look, okay? I don't want to see anybody going through it. All right. How much do you have in your pocket right now? Do you have enough? Now, I'm not talking about credit cards. I see some of you all talking about, well, we've got, we've got a credit card. Well, I don't want that. 
Um, how much cash you got? Do you have enough for a happy meal? Some of y'all are nodding yes. You all are the fortunate ones, all right? Um, do you have enough for a traffic ticket to pay for it if you got stopped this morning? And you're nodding no. Those things are expensive. Drive at the speed limit, okay? Um, let me ask you another one. If, if you don't have that, do you have enough to pay for your sin? Well, the Bible says there's only one payment for your sin. And that payment for your sin is a one-way ticket. It's a one-way ticket. Your payment for your sin is a one-way ticket. And the Bible says it will cost you your life. Now, years ago, Bobby Bowden, the head coach for the Florida State Seminoles, won national championships. Bowden is a Christian. And he finally retired as the head coach after very decades of successful work there at Florida State. And he finally retired, and he was asked about retirement, and he said, he said, you know, there's only one more big event in your life after you retire. And he said, nobody wants to go that way. Well, guys, there's only one big event that will pay for your sin and mine, and that is our own blood, our own death. That's what we have to pay if we go ahead and take on our sin by ourselves. It is a one-way ticket. That means your sin must be paid for in blood, your blood. You did the crimes, you must pay the fine. Man, I sound like Johnny Cochran. The Bible says the only blood sacrifice can atone for your sin. No one in this room has enough blood to pay for the total sum of your sin. But Jesus did. Jesus paid. This is the third Great truth. Jesus paid for your mistakes and sin when he died on the cross. The third great truth. He died for you because he chose to and because he chose you. You can't do anything about it yourself. It would cost way too much. Your life would be over if you had to pay this price. Instead, Jesus offers it free to give you everlasting and forever life. And he decided to pay for your sin simply because, truth number one, he loves you no matter what. All of these truths go in a nice big cycle. God loves you no matter what. But we have made mistakes and sinned. But Jesus paid for our sin by dying on a cross. That's what your kids learned this week. And please hear this. It's what everyone in this room must learn to have our security for eternity. I shared in, a, in an example about this, and, and that, that little girl is gone. So, um, Maddie Blair, stand up. Stand up. Here we go. All right. Maddie, without us asking your dad and your mom, have you ever made any mistake in your entire life? Have you ever? You have? You have? All right. Let's say that that mistake, what's a punishment that your mom or your dad would say that mistake is going to uh, cost you? Both your parents are, are, are blushing right now, okay? What's a mistake like that going to cost you? Think of one punishment. Real loud, what is it? No TV? None? 
okay, let's say that you do something so bad that you don't get TV for how long? It's a 30-minute sermon. How long? A week? All right. All right, let's say that you get punished for something you did wrong for one week, okay? That's your punishment, right? Now, Cotton, where are you? Stand up, buddy. Cotton is your younger brother. And Cotton loves you, right? You love her, don't you, Cotton? Nod your head, son. Work with me. All right, so here's the deal. Cotton says to Maddie and turns to his mom and dad and says, I know she has a show she wants to watch. She wants to watch on the Hallmark Channel, When Calls the Heart. She's just tied to this show, and she can't miss it. And so mom and dad, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll go ahead and not watch TV for a week to let Maddie watch her show for the week. Now, Maddie, let me ask you this. Would you do that? Yes or no? Yep. Work with me, Maddie. Say yes. Good. All right, y'all sit down. So, Cotton ends up taking her punishment even though he didn't do anything wrong. Jesus did the exact same thing. He substituted himself, he substituted himself for you and me simply because he loves us and we had made mistakes. And we couldn't pay for it ourselves. But because of His love for us, He died on a cross to buy you and me back. And because of that, folks, you and I have an eternity in heaven with God. Maddie, thank you for the fact that, that you've made mistakes in your life. And oh, by the way, a few months ago, you asked Jesus into your life. Remember that? He paid for every mistake you'll ever, you'll ever make. He paid for them all. Guys, the reason I share that with you, if Maddie can get that and understands that, if kids that age can understand that, then you and I as grown-ups ought to be able to understand it too. And it starts right here and right now. Pray with me. Holy Father, thank you for this morning and the message that I get the privilege of sharing with little boys and girls is the same timeless message that you want all of us as adults to know too. It is the one that says you love us. And you demonstrated that love for us and while we were yet messed up, mistake prone, sinful, you died on a cross for us. Father, in the next few minutes, there are folks here that have never ever said, I want to go ahead and belong to Jesus. I want Him to come into my life and become boss over it and forgive me of the things that I have done wrong. So for the next few minutes, Father, as Your Holy Spirit is moving right now and as You speak our name, may our answer be yes to You. And may we be willing to go ahead and say, I belong to You now and will for the rest of my life. Father, we thank You for loving us, for giving Yourself to us, we pray this in Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Now, folks, at the end of this part of the worship service, we have a, a portion that we call a time of commitment or a time of invitation. It is an opportunity for you to say, I choose Jesus.
an opportunity for some of you that are here to also say, I choose to go ahead and plug myself into a church family that is going to love people and serve them and teach them about him. And as we're going ahead and singing this song in a moment, if God's speaking to your heart about something that he is taking you on a journey about, I'd love to pray with you about it here at our altar. Now look, we got a good group this morning. It is hotter than a tater tot in here, okay? But here's the deal. If we endure the, the discomfort of a little degree of temperature and have eternity because of that, it's worth it. And if you are here this morning and you have not gotten a relationship with Christ, this is the time to do it. I'd love to talk with you about that. During this song, simply slip out of your pew, make your way here. It will burn a couple of calories, but it will make all the difference in your life. Stand together, church. As we do, let's sing, and you come as God leads.